Romans chapter 6 in your Bible. Romans chapter 6, and let's review. Romans chapter 6, let's review, all right? What we talked about on Monday was a, was a key phrase. What's a key phrase? We learned from Monday, you all remember? I'm dead to sin, alive to Christ. The Bible says you've got to reckon that to be so. You want to have victory in your life? Then, then every time you're tempted to sin, every time you're tempted to struggle, every time the devil tries to defeat you, every time you find yourself battling, struggling with the issue of sin, you've got to consider this true. Say it out loud, believe it with all of your heart, and practice it. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to Christ. Say it, say it, say it. And, and, and the reason sin is such a problem, you, know, you remember what we learned about sin? There's a word we learned about sin. Sin is what? Just stupid. It'll make you stupid. It'll leave you stupid. It'll damage your life. It'll hurt your life. And that is always, always, always true. So we learn, we learn that uh, there's, a, there's a key phrase there. And then yesterday we learned a key word. What was that key word yesterday? Yield. And what does it mean to yield? Did y'all get it or not? Do I need to illustrate that again or did y'all get it? What does it mean to yield? It means to stand beside. If you're standing in the wrong place, you'll never have victory. You can stand by sin or you can stand by righteousness. And it also means one more thing, not only just to stand beside, but it means to, it means to surrender to or to offer oneself at another's disposal. It's, it's like saying, I'm all yours, I'm all yours. And a lot of us say that to sin. We may not mean to, but every time you choose sin, what you're saying to sin is, I'm all yours. Go ahead and tie me up. Go ahead and enslave me. Go ahead and lead my life. Go ahead and guide my life. How many of you teenagers have ever seen a life enslaved by sin? You ever seen that? You ever seen that? It's a terrible thing. One of the saddest things in the world is for me to meet kids like you that are good kids and happy kids and sitting in Bible class and chapel services. And one of the sad things of my life has been that I've met so many kids just like you who stood beside of sin and, and surrendered to sin and, and now they're grown men or they're, you know, grown ladies, and things just aren't well in their life. They're unhappy, they're miserable, their marriage stinks, their kids hate them, they're addicted to porn or cigarettes or whatever. Why, wow, guys and girls, there's no way to live. God's so much better than sin. There's something better than sin. How many of y'all know the, the uh, opposites? Y'all familiar with opposites, right? So help me out here. Wake up and help me out here. What's the opposite of on? Okay. What's the opposite of hot? What's the opposite of man? What's the opposite of day? What's the opposite of Democrat? Let's see if you get that one. Uh, what's the opposite of, of wrong? Not really. Not in the Bible. The opposite of wrong is not right. The opposite of wrong is better if you're talking biblically. Because there's so many teenagers think in our culture. So many teen, th- teens go grow up in Christian schools. And the idea almost is this. Oh, my goodness. You know, if you're a Christian, you got to go to church and you can't do nothing. And all right, great, fine, I'll do it. Well, the opposite, the opposite of wrong is not just right. The opposite of wrong is better. And kids, if you'll understand that, it changes everything. See, God's not just trying to get you to do right. God wants you to understand there's something better than doing wrong. Something incredibly better, Yondell, than doing wrong. When I, when, I do, when I do right, it's not just that it's the opposite of wrong, that it's better than wrong. It's better. And I'm telling you, what a way to live. And here's what he introduces us to in Romans chapter 6 as you get to the end. 
as you get to the end, it starts in verse 15, and let's read together here, starting in verse 15, and we're talking about something better than sin, better than a life destroyed by sin, and, and, and see if you can get it, all right? Here's what the Bible says, verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Answer that out loud. Come on, you can read. Answer that out loud. Everybody, what is it? I'm going to read it again. You answer it out loud when I get there. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Read it. God forbid. You got to say that with feeling. Y'all just said it. I know you're tired. Y'all just said, God forbid. No, 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 it's not God forbid. It's God forbid. Are y'all with me or not? All right, now, everybody participate. Don't make me have to bring you up here. All right, so everybody participate. And if I look at you, you better be moving your lips. Y'all ready for this? I'm going to read it again. I'm going to look at you and you answer it. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? There you go. Now you got it. Know ye not, verse 16 says, that to whom you yield yourselves servants. Say the word servants. Y'all tying these things together while we've been learning? Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey. His servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. They're mutually exclusive. You can't serve sin and serve righteousness, but you can't serve righteousness and serve sin. Verse 21, what fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants, servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Several things you got to think about today, and, and here's our word for the day. Yesterday's word was yield. Today's word is serve. Today's word is serve. And, and I want to talk to you about, about serving. What the Bible is saying here is, look, don't continue in sin. Don't continue in sin. Make sure you know the truth and, and learn how to yield and decide who to serve. How many of y'all know Joshua 24, 14 through 15? Anybody here know those verses? Joshua 24, 14 through 15. Uh, basically says this, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. Joshua says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How many of y'all recognize those verses, do you? Have you ever meditated on them? If it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, chew on that. Girls, if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord. Now, you be honest with me. Have you ever thought of it like this? You know, it'd be a bad thing if I served God. You know, if I served God, who knows what I might have to do? I mean, I guess this is a dumb way to think of it, but somebody may say, oh, my goodness, if I served God, I might have to marry an ugly guy. If I serve God, I might have to go to the mission field. If I serve God, we can think so negative about serving God. But here's what Joshua says. Be reasonable. How many of y'all teens can think? Can you? How many of y'all can think? Can you think? You got a brain? How many of y'all got a brain? Now, Jeff, you got a brain. You got a brain? You got a Bible? Then you can think, can't you? So here's what the Bible says. Be reasonable about this. Is it evil to serve God? 
Is it, is it an evil thing to choose righteousness over sin? Is that a bad thing? Is serving sin better, Yandel, than serving God? Is it better to do wrong or better to do right? Is it better to walk with the world or to walk with God? Is it better to grow up and have a lousy marriage or grow up and follow God and have a great one? What do you think is better? Well, you know the answer to that, don't you? You can think. See, if you, um, if you came to my, my street, I, uh, I, I, I've, I've given this illustration so many times, and I want to be careful about it because all of my neighbors I know and all of my neighbors I love, and all of my neighbors have been in my house, and I have meals with them, and I pray for them, and I love them, and I spend time with them. But we got one family on our street that's a mess. Their daughter has six kids with five different guys, and she's married to nobody. Her oldest son is, um, is Trey, and Trey's my buddy. I, I, I'm, I'm really happy to tell you, Trey got saved a few years ago, and I got to help lead him to Jesus. Trey, his daddy doesn't want him. His daddy doesn't want anything to do with him. In fact, his daddy's now dead. He died at 31 because of drugs and alcohol. He died at 31. Young guy, healthy in many respects, but let sin destroy his life. And because of drugs and alcohol, he's already dead at 31. Trey doesn't even know his dad. We'll never know his dad. His mom doesn't want him. So she came away. So his grandparents took him. So he lives on our street with his grandparents. And uh, his mom is in and out. Sometimes she shows up. Sometimes she doesn't. What a mess. His uncle lives there or did. His uncle smokes you know, like a freight train. All he does is smoke cigarettes. All he ever does. I've never seen him work a day in his life. I don't know how he gets money. Well, I do now. I, I didn't at the time. I know how he gets money. He's a thief. The reason I know he's a thief is because he went to jail for stealing. He got arrested for stealing, went to jail. Uh, his uncle, here, here's how he spends his life, smoking cigarettes, buying lottery tickets, and stealing. What a way to live, huh? What a way to live. I got six kids, and they don't have a daddy, and it's my fault. Here's a kid, I don't have a daddy because he got into drugs and alcohol, and he's dead. And here's an uncle who smokes and uh, buys lottery tickets and steals and has gone to, now he's out, he's out of jail, he's out of jail, but now he's hiding. You know why he's hiding? Because he broke probation, and uh, if he comes back, he's going to get arrested. Now, kids, you just be honest, just, just straight up, no, just be reasonable. Is that not a dumb way to live? Talk to me. Is that not a dumb way? No, so like, hold on, Dave, hold on, Dave. I'm not going to live that way. I'm not going to ruin my life and have six kids with, with five. I'm not going to live my life that way. I'm not going to abandon my son. Yeah, but anybody can waste their life in sin. Some of you kids, if you're not careful, you're going to leave this Christian school and walk away from church, and 35 years from now, you won't have a church family because you choose to live for sin over living for righteousness. It's going to come a day in your life, you're going to go to the doctor, and the doctor's going to run some tests. This come, a doctor's going to run some tests in some of your lives. He's going to come in and he's say, hey, we need to have a meeting in my office. You're going to sit down across the desk from this doctor, and he's going to have his medical jacket on, and he's going to say, I just need to tell you that the tests have come back, and you have cancer. And it might be as simple as we can take care of it in just a surgery, or it might be as serious as, this is stage four, and you're probably not going to make it past the year. You know what happens? So many people in our culture come to that place of their life, and all of a sudden, wait a minute, they have no God except drugs and alcohol and sex and pornography and money and 
jobs and all the things of the world. No God to help them. No God to walk with them through this heartache. No, no God. On the other hand, on the other hand, you could do what's right and serve God and walk with God and stay in church and love the Bible and keep a clean life. And someday you'll go to the doctor and get bad news. Oh my goodness, I got cancer. See, bad news is normal to life, kids. You live in a sin-cursed world. What are you going to do at that time? Well, if you're serving God and walking with God, here's what you're going to find out. You're not alone. God will walk with you through that valley. And if you die, well, you're just going to heaven anyway. I mean, I'm planning to die someday. Everybody does. I, one of these days, you're going to hear that Dave Young is dead. Did you all know that? And I hope you're like, at least like, oh. I mean, I, I hope you're not like, yes, finally. Don't have to hear him preach anymore. I hope you're not like that. But someday I'm going to die. But the fact of the matter is, when you're serving God, things are different. So the Bible's asking to be reasonable. So the Bible says, if it seems evil to serve God, can I say it like this? Don't serve him. If it's evil to serve God, don't serve him. If it's evil to serve God, get out of church and stop reading your Bible and go ahead and mess around with pronouns. If it's evil to serve God, don't serve him. But how many of y'all know the opposite of wrong is? It's better. I'm here to tell you this morning what the Bible is trying to teach you in Romans chapter 6 is that you ought to serve God because serving God is better than anything the world, the flesh, the devil, and sin itself can offer to you. What a way to live. What a way to live. Serving God and having God's blessings and God's favor in your life. That's the point of this text. So let's learn a couple of things today and our time will be gone. Let's make an informed conscience decision about who we will serve. Let's make an informed conscience decision about whom we will serve. So here's a couple of things to tell you. Number one, this text teaches us you got to recognize that everybody serves. Recognize that everybody serves. Recognize that everybody serves. Say that with me. Recognize that everybody serves. Say it again. Recognize that everybody serves. Now, you all know what I mean by that? You all know what I mean by that? You ever gone to the mall? Uh, do people still dress in gothic? Do you know what I mean by that? Do people still do gothic? Is that, is that still a thing? You ever gone to the mall and uh, seen a kid dressed in gothic? All right. Have you ever noticed something about the kid dressed in gothic? Have you ever thought about this? When you see a kid dressed in gothic, everybody with him is dressed in gothic. You ever notice that? When a kid is dressed in gothic, everybody with him is. You ever seen a kid dressed in hip-hop? Now, I'm, I am so glad that that's starting to, to, to go by the wayside. We're finally leaving that fad. You know hip-hop, you know, where you pull your pants down to your kneecaps and show off your underwear. Be, be serious. Be, just, just, just be practical. Is that not the dumbest thing we ever came up with in this country, for crying out loud? I always want to, you know, just, uh, in, in fact, uh, I maybe have, you know, roll down the window as you're going by and go, pull up your pants. I mean, seriously, I don't care that your underwear has hearts on it. I don't want to see that. Help, come on, help me. Is that not right? Come on, guys. Are you with me on this or not? But if you see a guy dressed in hip-hop, you ever notice this? Everybody with him is dressed in hip-hop. You know what the lesson the Bible wants you to know, kids, is this. Everybody serves. Don't you buy the lie. Here's what sin will tell you. Do your own thing. Nobody tells you what to do. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to, you don't have to have stand. You don't, you don't have to do, you know, you just do your own thing. Listen, nobody does their own thing. Nobody. Everybody serves. You will serve sin or you will serve righteousness. 
You will serve that which is wrong or you will serve that which is right. Everybody does. Everybody does. There's no exceptions. There's no exemptions. You will serve. Everybody does. I always get a kick out of when I'm in a, in a, in a situation or witnessing to somebody or counseling to somebody. And, and, and I, I'm just one of those guys that just ask. I, I never ignore the elephant in the room. Never ignore the elephant in the room. I had this one guy come to my revival one night and uh, he came in and, and, and it was, he, he caught my attention because I'm just telling you, he was, he was just weird. You don't remember that? I don't mean that to be mean. He just was. The kid, the kid uh, had, had, I don't know how many piercings. I mean, he had piercings up one side and down the other. He even had a piercing in his nose. He's a guy with a piercing in his nose. Uh, he had several. He, he even had a chain hanging off of one of his piercings that kind of, you know, moved in the breeze when he walked. The kid had, had, had a mohawk, and, and the, what was between, you know, on the sides was dyed different colors. And I mean, just the kid walks into my service. I was glad he was there, but I, 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 I got, I, I'm curious. Whoa, 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 that, this is, whoa, what's going on here? What's with the mohawk? What's with all the earrings? What's with the way you walk? And even the way he talked, I went to the guy and uh, introduced myself to him for the service. And I said, hey, I mean, I'm glad you're here tonight. I said, uh, what, what's, uh, what's your name, pal? And he goes like this. He goes, uh, he stands up and he goes, uh, uh, my name is Shay. That's how he talked. He's like, what's your name, man? My name is Shay. And I was like, well, uh, cool. My name is Brother Dave. And uh, I, I'm like, well, what in the world? So I, I just started a conversation. And then I just said to him, I said, can I ask you a question? He's like, well, you didn't ask me anything. Except he was like, you didn't ask me anything. I said, all right, what's up with all this? And what, what's with the jewelry? What's with, the, what's with this hair? What's with the mohawk? I mean, is that a valid question? Come on, is that a valid question? You can ask me. You ask me. Ask me. Dave, why are you wearing things? Ask me. I can answer it. Why do you have your hair like that? Ask me. Just go, go ahead. Well, just ask. I'm, I'm okay. I'll answer it. Ask me. You can ask me anything. I'll answer it. So I just think, well, he's the one that put that on. He's the one that, that chose. So I, I, okay, 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 okay. So, so why, 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 what, what's all this? Why are you dressed this way? Why is your hair that way? And here's what he goes. He goes like this. He goes, oh, oh, because, man, I do my own thing. That's what he said in a Sunday night service in Georgia. Oh, man, I do my own thing. Let me ask you a question. Girls, answer this out loud, would you? Does he do his own thing? You're telling me he crawled out of bed one morning, crawled out of bed one morning and thought, you know what? You know what? If I got a mohawk and dyed this color blue and this side red, I'd be cool. You think he came up with that his own? Do you think, he thought, you know what, if I got five piercings in this ear and three in this ear and one in my nose and hanging chain off of that one, and don't you think I'd be cool? Do you think, he came, do you think he came up with that on his own, yes or no? So does he do his own thing? No, how stupid is that? See, sin will make you stupid. Guys, do you think he does his own thing? You answer that. Did he just crawl out of bed and decide, all right, I'm going to do nobody else's? I'm, no, he's doing exactly what somebody is telling him to do. You know this, don't you? If God can't tell you what to do, sin will. If the church can't tell you what to do, the world will. If your mom and dad can't tell you what to do, your friends at school will. Somebody is going to rule your life. Everybody serves. Say that with me. Everybody serves. Say it louder. You got to get it. Everybody serves. And isn't that what he's saying in the text? 
Isn't that what he's saying here? Look at it. It's in, uh, it's in verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. You've got to know this. Everybody serves. Everybody does. Everybody, everybody, everybody does. Nobody tells me what to do. Well, except your anger, your lust, your friends, your porn addiction, your apathy, your laziness, your pride, your rebellion. Everybody serves recognize that. Number two, recognize this. Serving sin is deadly. Recognize this. Serving sin is deadly. Isn't that the point he makes here? Isn't that the point? Isn't that that what he's trying to tell us here? What's the wages of sin? Death. Serve sin, you're going to die. It leads to death. It leads to uncleanness. How many of y'all know this? When you serve sin, it gets worse and worse. How many of y'all know that? When you serve sin, it gets worse and worse. It gets worse and worse. Because a guy says, I'm just going to, I'm 16, I'm going to try, I'm going to try vaping. Go ahead, go ahead, serve. You're not trying vaping, you're choosing a master. Go ahead and try it. Go ahead and try a cup of alcohol. Go ahead, go ahead and try a beer. Go ahead and go to a party and try it. Go ahead, go ahead and open a website and look at garbage on the, go ahead. What you're doing is, you're saying, take over, here, here, here I am. I'm all yours. Everybody serves. And here's what the point is. The point is that you've got to realize that if you serve sin, you get lousy fruit. You get corruption. You get rottenness. You get vomit. You get death. You get hell. You get outer darkness. You've got to defeat it, guys and girls. You've got to decide to defeat sin in your life. You've got to confess it. That's a good place to start, isn't it? If you've got, you got a battle with the internet, guys and girls, you've got to confess it. You've got to go to God. You've got to go to God and say, God, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Clean me up, Lord. Help me, God. You go to God and confess your sin. What will he do? You tell me. What will he do? If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to what? Forgive us and what? Cleanse us. i got good news for you guys and girls. Nobody has to stay in sin. Nobody, 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 nobody has to be defeated by sin because if you'll confess it, God will uh, uh, cleanse you. God will clean you up. God will cleanse you. And the Bible says if we confess our faults one to another, the Bible says we'll find healing. One of the reasons some of you guys are defeated, listen to me, one of the reasons some of you girls are defeated by garbage on the Internet, listen to me, and I'm going to help you with something. One of the reasons you're defeated by garbage on the internet, one of the reasons you're defeated by it is because you've kept it a secret. I'm going to tell anybody. Go to God. Oh, God, I'm so sorry I did it again. Oh, God, I'm so sorry I did it. Oh, God, I'm so sorry I did it again. Help, God, I'm so sorry I did it again. Every time you go to God, he'll forgive you. Every time. So why can't I find victory? Because the Bible says if we confess our faults one to another and pray one for another, we'll be healed. In other words, guys, listen. God didn't call you to defeat sin on your own. God called you to get help from people that can help you. Why, girls, if you're struggling with sin, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's garbage on the Internet. What you need? You need help. It's true. Go to God. He'll forgive you. But if you don't go get help and have somebody come alongside of you and partner with you and strengthen you so you can find victory over that, you, you'll continue to struggle. Guys, i I, I, I got to say this to you. Don't let the devil defeat you because here's what the devil will tell you. Don't tell anybody. What will they think about you? Don't tell anybody. Don't tell, nobody, else, nobody, else, you're, you're, nobody else struggles what you struggle with. 
I'm telling you, kids, there, there has no temptation taken you but such as is common to men. Nobody's, no, no, nobody's an exception. All of us struggle with sin. And if we want to have victory, yes, we've got to go to God and confess it. And, and, and we've got to go beyond that. And if we're struggling with a sin and can't get victory over it, get help. So I don't know who to talk to. Well, I hope you're close enough to your mom and dad that you could talk to your daddy. Girl, girl's your mom. But if not, I hope you're close enough to your pastor. You could talk to your pastor or your youth pastor, your youth pastor's wife or your pastor's wife. Well, if you can't do that, go find me on social media and send me a private message. Because help is available. We've got to help each other. And why? Because sin will hurt us. Kids, we've got to make up our mind. We're not going to serve sin. You've got to decide. I'm not serving sin. I'm not going to be destroyed by sin. I want victory in my life. You can have it. But it's not by accident. On purpose, you've got to defeat sin. He says in the text, he says, look, you were the servants of sin. Verse, verse 17. Thank God you were the servants of sin, but you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. If you'll get this, it'll change your life. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to be destroyed. You don't have to struggle with sin. You can get help. In my notes, I wrote it down. How do you, how do you win over sin? How do you win? How do you win? You got to confess it. Sometimes you got to murder it. So you got to murder sin. The word is murder. Colossians chapter 3. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, and so forth. Sometimes you got to kill it. You got to say, this is so wrong, it's got to die. I got to kill it. I got to kill it. Some things you got to just destroy. Somebody says, I just struggle with the internet. Kill it. You could do without TikTok. You could do without it. You could do without Instagram. I mean, for crying out loud, if you had no idea what reels your friends were laughing at, you could still be a happy teenager. Am I right or wrong? See, it's not wrong to have Instagram necessarily. I don't even technically know. I have not a lot of information about TikTok. I just know it's real popular with young people. I don't know all the ins and outs and, and, and everything about it. I don't know that those things are always wrong. But the fact of the matter is, if you're struggling with sin because of those kind of things, it's time to, it's time to put it to death, to say no. So here's, here's what we're learning this morning. Number one, everybody serves. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Y'all awake? Y'all awake? ready? Y'all awake? All right, say it with me. Everybody serves. You ready? Say it. Number two, number two, number two. Number one, everybody serves. Number two, a serving sin is deadly. You got to recognize that. What's number two? Serving sin is deadly. And here's the last thing, and our time's going to be gone. Last thing I can talk to you about in this, this particular week. And number three is this. Recognize that serving God is epic. Recognize that serving God is epic. I love this. How many of y'all agree that everybody serves? Have I convinced you? I'm going to keep preaching if, on that if you don't get it. Have I convinced you that everybody serves? Does that make sense? Yes or no? Does that at least make sense? All right. Have I convinced you that serving sin is deadly? Yes or no? Talk to me. Yes, out loud, talk to me. Have I convinced you that serving sin is deadly? All right. Then can I convince you that serving God is epic? I love the word. Don't you like the word epic? That's epic. That is epic. How many of y'all like that word? You like that word? That's epic. That is epic. I love that word. Serving God is epic. What an incredible way to live. Serving God, you see, is about who I worship. Who do you worship? Guys and girls, who do you worship? One of you guys said today, Shaquille O'Neal. Was that, was that you? Shaquille O'Neal. Isn't it funny that a lot of people in our culture worship big-name athletes like that? I, I like sports. I, I personally am a Michael Jordan fan. Michael Jordan this week was listed 
in the top 400 wealthiest people in the world, top 400 in Forbes, Michael Jordan. He's the first major athlete that joined the billionaires. He's worth $3.1 billion. I don't know about y'all, but I think I could live on that. Y'all with me on that? I think I could live on his salary, don't you? $3.1 billion. Listen, you know what I know about Michael Jordan? He's got $3.1 billion. He's on the top list of the wealthiest people in the world, Forbes magazine. And his life stinks. He's got a house bigger than this church. And his life stinks. He doesn't have any wife to go on a date with, to love all over him and call him handsome hunk of man. You know what he does for fun? I know because I have a friend. He does for fun is he flies to Vegas. They let him in the back door of a casino. My friend, my friend is a businessman in Vegas. They let Michael Jordan in the back door because he doesn't want to be mobbed by people. And he comes into Vegas regularly and because he's bored with life, spends hundreds of thousands of dollars gambling. He has a terrible gambling addiction. Has all the money in the world and throws it all away. Never built a hospital to help people. He's never, never done much to feed the poor. All this money and nothing to show for it, except a gambling addiction. So many people worship people like that. Wish I had his money. Wish I had his car. No, you don't. Money can't make you happy. Who you worship can if you worship God. Serving God is epic, and serving God is about who you worship. You know, can I, can I recommend something to you kids? Get all in for God. Let it show up in your worship. Go to church and sit up front. Go to church and sit up straight. Go to church and carry your Bible. It's not wrong to have an app. I'm not opposed to an app. But can I recommend you bring a Bible? Apps are distracting because you get a notification. You got a video game on there. Apps are distracting. It's not wrong to use an app, but they can be real distracting for anybody, but especially for young people. So carry your Bible. Get yourself a Bible. Bring a Bible to church. Take notes and worship. Uh, worship. When your church sings, worship. When your church prays, worship. I recommend teenagers all the time. I tell teens all the time. When your pastor says, let's open the service in prayer, pray with him. Because you're worshiping God. Guys, I always recommend that you guys pray like this. I mean, girls, you can if you want to as well. But the Bible says, I will that men, you guys men, I will that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands. It's so cool. Pray Sunday, Sunday morning when you go to church or tonight when you go to church and pass. Okay, let's open the service in prayer. Bow your head and put your hands up. Say, Lord, speak to me tonight. I love you, Jesus. Worship him. See, this, this serving God is about who you worship. This, this, serving God, this serving God is about the way you live. It's saying, okay, God, I'll, I'll follow you. Jesus, I'll follow you. Jesus, I'll honor you. Jesus, I'll please you. Uh, Jesus, I'm going I'm to serve you. I'm going to do what's right. Uh, it, it's about the worldview I choose. It's about, it's about answering the questions that are so normal to life. Where did we come from? Where am I going? What makes life valuable? You can answer those with sin or you can answer those with God. And this is about serving God. Serving God is epic. 
Serving God is everything. Hey, can I, can I challenge you guys? I wrote this on my notes today. Can I, can I challenge you to choose? Here we are in a Wednesday morning chapel service at the beginning of a, of a Christian school year. And can I challenge all of you men in this room right now to choose? To say, you know what? Uh, I will receive Jesus as my Savior. And I will serve him. And I will do what's right. And I will always be in church. And I will always read my Bible and pray and walk with God. And by God's grace and God's help, I will always live a clean life. It's just what serving God is all about. And I'll tell you, it's worth it. I'll tell you it's worth it. I'll tell you it's worth it. See, you can serve sin. I'm just telling you, you serve sin, it'll mess up your life. You'll die an unhappy man. Happens all the time. Steve Jobs, top of the list of wealthiest people. Right before he died of cancer, he said to his biographer, the biographer said, so why are you having me write your story, your life story? His answer was so sad. He said, because I want my kids to know me. The man who made my iPhone and my iPad, brilliant, wealthy beyond my comprehension. His own kids don't know him. That's the way to live. See, I, I, don't, I don't have a mansion, and I don't have billions of dollars, but uh, I'm, I'm wealthier than Steve Jobs. So I sure have a happy marriage, and I've got the greatest friends in the world, and my kids think I'm amazing. My son Jacob is 20 and made my, made my year this year. You know what my son did this year on Father's Day? He posted a picture of me and him on Instagram. And you know what he said? This was the coolest thing. This was, forgive me, I'm just, this has just made my heart happy. My 20-year-old son posted a picture of me and him on Instagram this year on Father's Day and said, Happy Father's Day to, y'all ready for this? Happy Father's Day to my best friend. Made my day. I don't want to get old and let sin run my life. I don't want you to either serve God. Y'all know the name Charles Templeton? You ever heard of that name? I would have been surprised if you had him. Charles Templeton died in 2001. He was born in 1915. He was an old man when he died. 1936, he professed faith in Christ and became an evangelist. He did what I did. He did what I do. He was, became an evangelist. 1936, how many of y'all know Billy Graham? Y'all know that name, Billy Graham? 1945, he met Billy Graham, and the two became close friends and actually went on an evangelistic tour in Europe with Youth for Christ in 1946, and they roomed together. Billy Graham and Charles Templeton were young men, and they roomed together in the 1946 Youth for Christ evangelistic tour in Europe. They were great friends. Something happened in 1948. Templeton's life and worldview began to go in a different direction than Billy Graham's. Started having doubts about the Christian faith, and they were solidified as he planned to enter, oddly enough, Princeton Theological Seminary. He left evangelism and enrolled in a seminary, a theological seminary, because he uh, was beginning to think he no longer believed the Bible and believed in God, that it wasn't worth it to serve Jesus. 
One decade later, it was actually 1957, he publicly declared that he was an agnostic. 1996 memoir of his was entitled, Farewell to God, My Reasons for Rejecting the Christian Faith. In that book, he recounted a conversation with Billy Graham in Canada prior to his going to seminary. These are his words. All our differences came to a head in a discussion, which better than anything I know explains Billy Graham and his phenomenal success as an evangelist. In the course of our conversation, I said, Billy, it's not possible any longer to believe, like, for instance, the biblical account of creation. The world was not created over a period of days, a few thousand years ago. It has evolved over millions of years, and that is a demonstrable fact. I don't accept that, Billy Graham said. There are many reputable scholars who don't accept that. Oh, who are these scholars, I said? Conservative Christian colleges? Some of them, yes, Billy Graham said. That's not my point. I believe the Genesis account of creation because it's in my Bible. And I've discovered something in my ministry. When I take the Bible literally, when I proclaim it as God's Word, when my, my preaching has power. When I stand on a platform and say, God says, and the Bible says, the Holy Spirit does something. There are results. Wiser men than you and I have argued these questions for centuries. And I guess I don't have the time and certainly not the intellect to examine all the sides. So I've just decided once for all to stop questioning and just accept the Bible as God's Word. But Billy, I said, you can't do that. You don't dare stop thinking about the most important question in life. Do it and you'll die. It's intellectual suicide. I don't know about anybody else, Billy Graham said, but I've decided that that's the path for me. And they parted ways. Fifty years later, Lee Strobel, the man who was responsible for the movie Case for Christ. Lee Strobel had an opportunity to interview Charles Templeton, who is now in his 80s and suffering from Alzheimer's, but who was still coherent enough to have a conversation. In his book, A Case for Faith, Strobel recounts the ending of their very wide-ranging conversation. Listen to this, guys and girls, and I'm done. How do you assess Jesus? Seemed like the next logical question, but I wasn't ready for his response. Templeton's body language softened. It was as if he suddenly relaxed and was comfortable talking about an old and dear friend. His voice, which usually had displayed a sharp and insistent edge, now softened to a melancholy and reflective tone. His guard seemingly down, he spoke in an unheard pace, almost nostalgically, carefully choosing his words about Jesus. Here's what Templeton said. Jesus was the greatest human being who has ever lived. He was a moral genius. His ethical sense was unique. He was the wisest person I've ever encountered in my life from my readings. His commitment was total and led to his own death, I think, to the detriment of the world. What could one say about Jesus except that he was some form of greatness? Strobel said, I was taken aback. You sound like you really care about him. Well, yes. He's the most important thing in my life. I, uh, I, um, 
He stuttered, searching for the right word. I know this sounds strange, but I have to say I adore him. Everything good I know, everything decent I know, everything pure I know I learned from Jesus. Yeah, he was tough. Look at him. He castigated people. He, people don't think of him as angry, but they don't read the Bible. He had a righteous anger. He cared for the oppressed and the exploited. There's no question he had the highest moral standard you can have, the least duplicity, the greatest compassion of any human being in history. There have never, there have been many wonderful people, but Jesus is Jesus. Um, but he said slowly, he's the most. He stopped and started again. In my view, he said, he's the most important human being who's ever existed. That's when Templeton uttered words I would have never expected to hear from him. If I can put it this way, Templeton said, as his voice cracked and tears filled his eyes, he said, I miss him. I miss Jesus. Kids, listen to me. You're young, and whether or not you know it, you are making decisions right now for the rest of your life. You can serve sin. The sorrow of my life is counseling the people who serve sin. The sorrow, the sadness, the damage. Can I say this as lovingly as I know how? I hate sin. I've watched it destroy people like me and you. Can I tell you something? I love Jesus. Because for the last almost 40 years, he's been my God and the one I serve. Guys and girls, he's worth serving. Guys, get all in. Don't walk away from church. Don't, don't let the issues of this world cause you to leave Christianity. Fall in love with Jesus. He's wonderful. Give him your life and your heart and everything and serve him and love him and do what's right and keep a clean life. Jesus will change your life. So good. Girls do the same. Give Jesus everything. Honor him. Walk with him. Please him. Do what's right. Don't let sin ruin your life. Don't just walk through life without Jesus. Put him first. Fall in love with him. Honor him. It's my last time to address you in chapel this week. Why, if you're still on this day not saved, ah, why don't you take him as your Savior this morning? Believe on him. Turn to him. Trust in him. Let him be your Savior. And would you be willing this morning to close this chapel week with saying, Dave, this morning I will. I will. I will say no to sin. And I'll serve Jesus. I hope you will. If I gave an invitation, would you be willing to pray?